And this is this is very important if you're thinking about what we want, what we are building here, and what we will build in the next literally years and maybe decade uh, to come um, to really create this community for impact, um, which will it's a little bit like a network effect. The more people coming in. Uh, the bigger the network is, the more impact every individual can have because you can collaborate with so many great people together. And they're all a little bit like-minded. Bonanza Growth Podcast, innovation, strategy, and UX for SaaS. Bonanza Studios is a growth consultancy for SaaS and fintech startups. Every SaaS business needs to fight in three different battles. First, product market fit. Discovering a growing marketing and designing a compelling and undeniable solution to meet that demand. Second, product-led growth. Turning your product into a growth vehicle by leveraging outcome-driven UX design. And third, creative marketing and organic brand building. If you're looking for a reliable partner to drive growth, check out our website at bonanza-studios.com. Christian, thanks a lot for coming on the podcast. I, it's, let me just say something, because like I usually, um, yeah, I invite people that I'm really interested to talk to, and you're one of the really rare entrepreneurs that whatever literally you touch on turn into gold. I, I follow your entrepreneurial journey from when you were the CTO at in 26 and if i'm not mistaken then you jump on vivi we had a, a brief encounter over there and then you started something that i'm really excited to talk to you about is tomorrow education something very inspiring what you're doing i really want to get in the trenches with you on that um yeah um thanks a lot for being here with me thank you very much Barry, for the invitation um and I must comment here on the turning things into gold. It's not true. <laughs> there are <laughs> yeah. things, there are things uh, which turned out not to work at all. Um, I'm happy also to share more lights on this. There are even things which I don't, which you don't find on my LinkedIn profile. Um, happy to talk about those failures as well. They exist and they are part of the journey. You know, yes. it's not always just a success case. It's always a little bit of you know, figuring out what works, where can you have an impact. Um, and I would like to make a second comment, which I think is important. Um, for me, uh, when gold sounds like profit, and I think for me, my mission personally is not about maximizing profit. Um, it's really about having a positive impact. Um, so, um, and I wish really forward to, to speak for that and uh, about the impact we can have rather than the profit um, in, in, in per se. Let's talk about that. I would love to get, because definitely if you guys go jump on his LinkedIn and follow, it's, it's first of all, it's a long list of activities you have on your LinkedIn. You're, you have a very long resume, but it really speaks for itself. I think you, your selection, the top project you're working on, is sort of aligned with uh, what you said, that you're looking for impact rather than just monetary value. Of course, it's a byproduct of, Providing value and creating unique value, there is a monetary reward, but it seems like you're not following the monetary reward. Yeah, um, absolutely. I think this is really important. Um, we have this formula also for our learners. So um, really briefly, talk about tomorrow, um, tomorrow university. Um, we, are, uh, we are developing a next generation university. Um, we've actually the purpose to actually transition to a sustainable society, which we believe is really important in uh, today's world. And to maximize the impact of our learners and the outcome of our learners, we have this formula, which is purpose multiplied with competence, multiplied uh, with community. That's how you can maximize your impact. 
Um, and the first one I mentioned just is the purpose. And uh, I think it's really important that you select something which is really important for you, which you care about, and also spend your, your competence and your eventual network, but um, literally your time on that part to make there an impact. That's, that's very unique. So when you formulate it like this, purpose, competence, competence, expertise, community. and network, community. Yeah. So here's the thing. Um, there is, so let's get down in trenches. There is a plethora of, and like, you know, you're, you're a seasoned entrepreneur, so I can be a bit direct with you. There is a plethora of startups. There's a, there's this big number of startups that we could live without them. They are merely copycat of, the, the leading competitor in that category, or basically they are trying to take advantage of a very pressing trend, a very trendy trend, and try to make, basically make some money, make some quick money. When you focus, when you talk, when you work with your student and say, "Hey, let's find, let's let's focus on the purpose first, and let's see what kind of problems that are really concerning." today and future generation and let's solve those and typically when you want to look at entrepreneurship from that lens those problems are really really hard to solve so how do you motivate your students to keep drilling at those problems instead of like you know finding a quick way to success yeah so so we're, it's, it's the other way around we don't motivate anybody to to change their purpose um is the other way on we ask them and we ask them what's what's the reason actually what's the what's what do you want to change in this world what do you want to have an impact on and um this is part of our admission process this is part of what we are who we are yeah? mm -hmm. so also what you find with tomorrow is that you our community consists of people who want to have a positive impact nice mm. um and then nonetheless it's not it's not so clear. Your path, our path, at least now, looking back, what it makes more sense, but at that point, it didn't make so much sense always, you know? You follow something, you see how does it actually feel, um, and based on the feeling eventually, and those the, the impact and how it resonates, the challenge of you, you maybe evolve and go further. Um, but you find out that you're stuck, and maybe you find out something different mm -hmm. is more important, yeah? or it's an opportunity where you can actually help eventually. Yeah? So this might shift, and this is totally okay, um, I think, as well. Um, uh -huh. What all uh -huh. our students do when they join tomorrow universities, um, they um, go to a class which is called mission identification. Uh -huh. um, this is where they spend a lot of time about uh, their why, um, their values. They also analyze others, other companies, other individuals, and what their purpose is um, to understand that better. Um, and based on that, actually, they create what is also a little bit of foundation of their journey at tomorrow, uh, which is that they define a little bit what they want, what they want to pursue. And then with the other classes who follow, they often um, they actually double down on, on their purpose. So they create a project. Um, they, they look into the problem, analyze data. Um, they um, do prototyping, create eventually solutions, play around with financial models, learn how technology can help actually eventually to solve that problem. They have a lot of um, you know, social as they work with peers, where they get you play with ideas, have sparing sessions to refine, reshape um, those topics. Yeah, mm -hmm. they build in the um, in, on collaboration. They build a personal board so they get people 
who have eventually helped them to evolve on this idea, maybe in this field even. Yeah. Um, again, everything geared towards having them success, but in the purpose, you learn more effective if you're passionate, if you actually care about something. Um, right. That's where you learn just way more effective. And that's the reason why we are not just saying, hey, learn this. This is a project. Do this one here, but other rather um, work on something which you really care about. And this is different. We are really all different, and some many care about climate, some about biodiversity, some mm-hmm. about health, some about education, some about uh, the economy. Yeah, and how this works. There are a lot of things and approaches you can tackle about. Yeah, um, it's, it's often in line with the SDGs. Um, if you look at the uh, Sustainable Development Goals from the United Nations. Um, the yes. typically work on those also in, in the projects then yeah, um, mm-hmm. on their journey here. Wow. So how many students right now are part of the different programs that you're offering? So we have currently, we have, again, we are a young company. We are also a startup. We have currently in our degree programs, yeah, that's bachelor and master degree programs. Mm-hmm. And they have, uh, they're all in this field of sustainability, entrepreneurship, and technology. Yeah? We have nice. bachelor is responsible entrepreneurship. We have a bachelor of science in AI and sustainable technologies. We have an MBA, which is called an impact MBA to transform yourself, transform your company, and transform um, your team. And we have a master um, which is about sustainability and entrepreneurship technology, very specific. Mm-hmm. Um, in those programs, we have currently 300 students. Um, wow. It's rapidly growing. So we see also many, many um, students coming to us. And they're also professionals often, actually working at, at um, existing organ- leading organizations um, to join those programs, which means that the community is really very vibrant. Um, and we have currently students from all continents except from Antarctica. So it's really like you will work together with people from Africa, from um, Singapore, from Asia, from Europe, from, I don't know, Italy, Spain, Norway, um, or also the U.S. or Mexico it's, or, yeah, um, Brazil, um, just, or Netherlands. It's really very international community. And this diversity is really important in coming yes. out of the community. We believe that this community can help you um, to collaborate, work on projects, and eventually, um, yeah, help you to be more successful. You can ask them for different perspectives, have a sparing sessions on them, and they will also help you to understand things better eventually. Yeah? Absolutely. I think it's, it's very, in, um, very important for entrepreneurs, especially live in our today world that is highly globalized to be to have a multidimensional perspective on a problem, especially if they want to take on these daring problems that we are facing as a, as a, as a human race. Um, if you are very siloed in one culture, you really cannot address a, a global problem that basically threaten the entire humanity. Yeah, um, I fully agree, but not to make it too big. Yeah, they, you you mm-hmm. will pick a very specific problem. You will see what's the first step, a very tangible step you can take eventually to help. And um, our students, which we had a really amazing graduation ceremony in Vienna, um, students from all around the world. I don't know India again, um, from Boston, uh, from even from the countryside, from Malacca, or from ever coming together. Um, and we have many, and we have many people who are 
really changing careers. We have a couple of people who, are, who become more successful in the company, driving the, coming to dealership. But then we have also many who start a company. Um, for example, one would be in the logistics area in, in harbors, helping ships not to wait in front of harbors, but directly because they wait weeks in front of a harbor and yes. therefore also emitting carbon emissions. Um, and to reduce that, um, she she created a, a company to optimize an algorithm based on the, all the data we have on which ships coming from where um, and then calculating how to optimize it so the ships directly can come into the harbor and get unloaded without any waiting time. And this is one example. With another one, uh, where a student from Mallorca and a student from Norway together actually created a company which is called Perfect Farms, which help actually farmers to become more sustainable and so mid-sized farms and uh, to become more sustainable um, and great, but also creating with that sustainability more business. And I think this is a key part of what we are also believing is um, we want to help, uh, we want, we believe sustainability and profit actually needs to work hand in hand. Yes. Yeah? Um, and we want to create business because that's also, we are living in a, a society where for sure money allows a lot of things, but it allows also more reach, more impact. And that's the reason why this matters to create also business models, which actually, from our perspective, are important that we don't now create social enterprise, but actually transform the existing companies, create new companies to adopt sustainable practices, create sustainable business models by design integrated from their heart and not mm -hmm. just on top there's a reporting how we can make things green. I agree with you. And I think the best way to basically, um, I think, I mean, it's all sort of like, you know, um, the way if I want to go back, it was all, you know, one of the prime example was Tesla. Everyone, did, no one did not believe that we could electrify the planet, but, uh, but, because of the product excellence that Tesla has introduced, it made the competitive case that actually investing in electric cars could be a profitable path, could be a good diversification method for businesses, especially traditional car industry. And to your point here is, but is that if I summarize it properly, uh, please correct me if I'm wrong, is like, hey, if you really want to like uh, take on the challenges that we face when it comes to sustainability, the best way to go is to create a profitable business that is sustainable at heart from the get-go. No one said it's the ultimate only solution, but it's definitely one of the key drivers um, in our economy to really have this at the heart. Think about how can we create sustainable business models, how we can we create, make a use profit out of circular economy, what's the use case? Yeah. Tesla is a really great example because electric cars are 100 years and older, actually. It's nothing new from a technology perspective. But mm -hmm. making an attractive solution, yeah, um, that was the key part of Tesla did really well, I think. Yeah? Mm -hmm. And they are not selling an electric car. They're selling the future of automobility. Yeah? Um, they're selling self-driving vision. Yeah, even if it's not there, they are selling this vision and they believe that your car will eventually drive yourself. They're selling mm -hmm. this vision that your car is actually um, environmental friendly. When eventually the production is not in the first place. Yeah, also the energy sometimes comes from not re re renewable energy. So it's, but they are selling this kind of, and they're selling a why, a, a purpose. A, and their purpose is, I think, their acceleration to um, a sustainable transport. Uh, yeah, I think sustainable, sustainable energy. Um, so, that's what they are selling with them, and that's the, that's what you're paying. And with Tesla, this one 
is way cheaper, actually, and more accessible than it was eventually before when you had to pay for an electric car, which was usable like 10 times the money. And this is how you create adoption in a market is not by making the same thing and now say it's more expensive and it's green, but actually making it even more, maybe better um, and maybe costing the same price or making it even cheaper. Um, um, but this is something how we need to think about this. How can we add value? making that one better mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. than what is the existing alternative in many regards, yeah? Um, yeah. But it, it, there are a lot of ways how to solve this and tackle this problem. So I think the reason why I want to highlight is not the only approach. I'll give you another example. We have students, they are working on the, the United Nations has a really great data set about which in the food industry, uh, what are the reasons for the CO2 emissions? And if you dive deeper, I think one of the really interesting facts is that coffee is one of the key emitters, actually. Yeah. Yeah of CO2. And then if you go even deeper, you find out that the problem is that the waste of the coffee beans, yeah, if you throw that away um, and don't use that, that's causing the CO2 emissions. Yeah. Now you found out that this is the problem, but now how can you solve it? Mm. And then the students come to different approaches, yeah, and then they maybe look into first working for farmers to use this as hummus, and then in that way we can reuse that for as a fertilizer. But then it's, they they find out oh that shit it's so much complicated because there are so many little farms and it's actually not feasible to educate all of them. So then they come up with an idea as an alternative. We should test how about if we create a, a logo for the packages and make this really prominent, yeah, um, so that the consumer can make an educated decision and say, hey, this is a CO2 friendly um, coffee actually production, yeah, and then we are more in this labeling business, but this kind of iterations, finding out what works, what creates value, what is actually feasible is an important part to make it actually a success and having an impact. A thousand different directions I can take this conversation forward, it's just like shooting uh, neurons in my mind. Um, so, um, I want to ask uh, basically um, a question about you in the middle of this exciting program. So it's a very uh, exemplary, unique education system, and you are the CEO of this business. But the, also at the same time, you are dealing with this. My, it's my assumption. Of, please correct me if I'm wrong. Fiery students that joining in and they want to make a change. So how do you go about, first of all, running the business and how much you are involved into the sort of like day-to-day -day curriculum and like talking to your students? Because, I mean, one of the way I see it, you are a very seasoned entrepreneur and like your advices could be really valuable for students to make better decisions. Um, so for me, the, my key purpose and little bit all my time actually I'm spending on the Tomorrow University and the community. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, so you're you're right. Uh, obviously, my time is limited, um, but I, I really want to support and empower them. So that's also my. This is also not just our company mission; it's also my vision mission. Yeah. So that's the reason why I also spend time with them. And what I do currently, very specifically, is I run also two um, of our classes, uh, actually. And there, in those cases, really try to support and interact with every of those students which are in those classes. Um, to support them in the best possible way. And one of them is actually, for example, currently about funding. Um, and the other one currently is about technology, which are also two of my um, parts where I believe I can not just contribute um, with knowledge, but also with experience and give them examples on 
what I have learned and what I eventually, what has Absolutely. helped me and therefore maybe, um, again, can help them on, on their um, on their journey. Yeah, I think it's it's a very, very, also strategically, it's a very smart move because I feel like one of the pitfalls of growing companies is that CEOs, the founders sort of get involved into the, uh, sort, of, sort of move away from part of the business that is, producing the core value of the business and they sort of like lose touch of that part and then um at, at in in the long enough time frame the 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 business trajectory would end up in somewhere that is not scalable or like i don't want to call it dead end but would end up somewhere that uh, is far from the initial vision and the exciting initial trajectory that the business were on yeah, fully. Again, time is limited, but I think the way just to give classes, it's really amazing. It's really, I'm really grateful for having the opportunity to helping students. Um, there are other ways. I'm also currently in the admission process. So I have the opportunity mm-hmm. to talk to every student at least once a day before he joins, understand them, understand their purpose, what they want to change, why they join eventually, um, what they want to become afterwards, what's their purpose, what's their success. Um, about which again helps me to understand our students and that's again what what really matters the most um and it's also interesting maybe to mm-hmm. share this as, as this fits here um we are as a company we are our, i mentioned our impact we want to have um and this is also the reason why we have impact investors yeah we had the last funding round we did now uh, was with the la- europe's largest uh, tech fund but they are also an impact fund um and they have key metrics um for impact so what our impact is, is our learners and the impact our learners have after they started with us. Uh-huh. Yeah, so, mm-hmm. And how do we measure that? That's when we come to the SDGs. So we measure currently, we ask our learners about what kind of impact they have on the SDGs. And if that's successful, that's how we measure our success. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Um, and we have, because this is like sometimes far in the future for a bachelor three years, we have proxies um, like to get there uh, earlier and have earlier indicators. This includes, for example, the number of learners who actually graduate. This includes also the impact credits. And with every class, you gain impact credits. And with every impact credits, which means the competences you have actually gained. Um, those are also, for example, impact metrics you will be looking for and reporting. Um, and to double down just on this, how important this is, um, a big part of... Um, the 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 revenue the uh, salary or the earnings of our the bonus of our our investors depends on our if we reach our impact metrics so it's uh-huh. not just it's not just hey nice that you do the impact it's really great but it really their financial profit will be de- uh, depend also on our impact yeah, and I think this, this matters. That's the reason why we're also very happy with actually the, those investors, because not they're not investing only into being profitable, but mm-hmm. actually also they benefit from us having impact. And this is this is very important if you're thinking about what we want, what we are building here, and what we will build in the next literally years and maybe decade uh, to come um, to really create this community for impact, um, which will. It's a little bit like a network effect. The more people coming in, uh, the bigger the network is, the more impact every individual can have because you can collaborate with so many great people together. And they're all a little bit like-minded. Yeah, and That's the exciting part, I think, about tomorrow. Um, that you really can can have exciting, heated discussions about certain topics. And if you I can't... 
<laughs> if you work on a challenge, um, it, it's it's always that the people they don't come and there's a group work and then you're the only person doing something, but literally everybody is in, engaged into it, yeah, and is excited about this and trying to look at the different angles and the they do presentations also to investors from our students mm -hmm. and. If they pitch, it's really like, wow, I, I'm, I thought, wow, that's <laughs> amazing sometimes what they come up with in a very short amount of time. Yeah, I can tell you a lot of those journeys, but it's sometimes it feels a little bit like I would have wished I would have started like that. Yeah, and I, think, oh, yeah. <laughs> I really would have wished that. Yeah. So, one question I would like to ask. So, you've been at tomorrow probably, probably more than three years because, like, there's always you have to go to do a lot of iteration to be able to found a business. One of the big area in today um, socio-political system that especially in the West we are very concerned about is the topic of sustainability, right? Uh, we are at a pace that certain aspects of our industrial complex accelerating a rapid climate change, right? So, and, you know, Biodiverse, biodiversity, for example, that's a very prime example of it. It's, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know if anyone not, it's, it's just very plain to see. Um, so since you started, so I would like to sort of like do it before and after. What was your perception of sustainability, like uh, the challenges that we are facing and your optimism level and, uh, before and after and after founding the tomorrow education so where you started how did you feel how did you look at the topic of sustainability how did you feel about it and now after three years into the business how do you look at the topic of sustainability how do you feel about it just want to like understand how sort of like you evolved um about the topic of sustainability throughout your time working at Tomorrow Education. Yeah, the, uh, just to define a little bit sustainability, for me, this has sustainability, yes, also to do with actually uh, imagining a future worth living. And uh, this is really for me, this uh -huh, goes hand uh -huh, in hand, uh -huh, you know? Uh -huh. So it's not just about the climate crisis. For me, sustainability, and I mentioned it, uh, is health, is ex is, it's, it's uh, the, the hunger crisis. I worked for the United Nations World Food Program before, you know? Yeah. I have seen those problems which are real and um, they're very important to solve. And I believe also we can solve them. Yeah. Um, and maybe also this kind of working for the World Program, but other things I've done, um, they helped me to understand more. And like, I think they give everything. There are points of time where you say, oh my God, it's not solvable. But then you realize some things, actually world hunger, for example, problem is actually something which is solvable, which is very impressive. Yeah. And mm -hmm. when I was working for the World Food Program, we had actually a really pretty high confidence to be able to do it until 2030. Um, now if the pandemic has changed, and we're a little bit back here, yeah? uh, but it's a it's a solvable problem, which is really great to see. I mean, imagine in our in our lifetime we can solve world hunger, um, which was there since my existence of a birth. It was always a problem, yeah. Um, but there there are things which are, are harder to solve. Yeah? Biodiversity. You mentioned that one. As a children, as a child, I was um, with our parents. We have been going with the car from Austria to Greece. And on this path by car, the windshield was like full of insects. Uh, and it was always like, it was like 
looking like, oh my God, we, we as kids had to, had to clean it. <laughs> and and I thought, oh my God, all the insects there, I hate them, you know. But then now when I'm growing up and I now travel to Greece, there's a few insects, there's nothing. Yeah. And I feel so sad. I feel really sad because it's now, it's the other way around when I didn't like the mosquitoes eventually before, which I still don't like so much to be honest, but I really appreciate the, the, how, the importance of insects for the whole yes. ecosystem because there's a foundation actually of many birds to succeed to, and therefore of many lives actually overall. I'm not just talking about these here, um, but overall for actually our, uh, yeah, our ecosystem. Yeah? Um, and I think this is really sad. So I feel it's really hard to, to change this again. Yeah? And I think we need to change how we do agriculture as a, as a fundamental principle, which is not Absolutely. directly related with the climate crisis now. The climate crisis is also an impact on the, on the biodiversity. But it's, again, there are a lot of big problems. And I think because those big problems, they won't go away. We won't not, they will not solve them in the next 10 years. I really don't think that, unfortunately. But they are solvable. Um, and that's the reason I think that education is that we, we need to change how we how we work, how we live. Yeah. Um and the only the only way I think to really have the substantial change is if education. That's the most meaningful, fun most fundamental mm. change. And that's and we don't want to we want to advance. And that's the reason why we pick the topics we picked. Yeah. It's everybody should think about sustainability and what this means for businesses. Everybody should think in solutions that you picked our entrepreneurship. Everybody to think about technology because technology makes you more effective in many things you do. It makes you a better leader. Yeah. Um, and then we have this kind of other skills, 21st century skills, which are around um, self-leadership. You mm -hmm. are more effective if you're able to lead yourself, if you're able to reflect on yourself, if you're able to build habits for you. Um, you're talking about collaboration because the problems are also complex. You need to be able to work together with different angles, with a technology, with a designer, with a business guy, um, and very important. And the third thing, which also is really dear to us in core, um, is the topic of communication because there, it's com sustainability is complex. And this is a killer. Um, we need to be able to simplify things, to communicate it well so that people understand it. Yeah, and that's the reason that we're focusing on this kind of competences um, in all our programs, pretty much. It's fantastic. That's fantastic. One thing that uh, sort of like sparked in my mind, and I would like to get your take on this, is when, as an entrepreneur, um, you could focus on quick fixes or problems that are very in front of you. You can solve them, provide value, and make a business out of it. But at the same time, you could fo focus uh, at problems that are generational problems. That if you invest on invest in them for the next ten years, they might pay off in the next thirty years. You don't know, but it's a generational problem. We cannot quickly press that undo button or whatever to sort of like solve them, and that requires. In, I, I, I don't know exactly what requires solve to tackle these generational problems, but that most likely that requires a set of different skill set and a, a sort of like a long term mindset to be able to tackle them. So, what's your take on this? Um, so, solving big problems requires an ecosystem uh, which supports mm. this kind of path. 
Um, mm. And then this ecosystem uh, requires, for example, capital. Um, it requires education. Um, it requires uh, the right support network, um, the right competences, yeah, and uh, which means now talking about people um, if, uh, in this market. And this this is the this is always a challenge to have this kind of ecosystem. And there was this not talking about something not so sustainable, but talking about ChatGPT. There was this phrase just about how much the server did cost at the beginning yeah. when it was launching, and um, it was a tremendous amount of capital. Um, and then many people said this would never have been possible in Europe because nobody would have funded just the servers to run that at the beginning. Yeah, um, and this is uh, like uh, I think there's a startup one comma five here, for example, German-based uh, com uh, company which is working on uh, climate neutrality. Trenders, they have funding. Um, there's also uh, some nice funds, um, and there's um, like Planet A, uh, or there is a. There is now Bisman, for example. I think he's planning to set up a climate neutral fund. Those things help. Um, mm -hmm. If this is what will one of the bigger, one of the biggest um, multi-billion um, dollar fund. Yeah? So it's one of the biggest funds that we have, which we now is in creation. But these things are also necessary um, to create those big projects. And then, uh, when it comes to the regulators and politics, they this is also a support framework which is needs to be supported there, which can enable um, mm -hmm. fundamental transformations and innovation as well. Um, and we see if you're looking at the international scale, for example, the Emirates or the Saudi Arabia, they're quite good actually in creating this kind of bigger scale um, innovation because they are supported by the government. Um, and that, that's, yeah, so it's, it's an ecosystem. It's not just one thing which enables, I think, solving mm -hmm. those big changes. Um, and if you don't have that, then startups always focus on smaller problems, smaller yeah. changes, because that's what you, what works. Yeah. Otherwise, if you tackle a too big problem, you just fail and run out of funding. I worked with Vivi before in the health sector, as you mentioned, yeah, creating a digital yeah. health record. We've been very lucky when it came to funding, actually, but I've seen so many startups which struggled because in, in health space to get the, to be able to launch something, it has a tremendous long time uh, because you need to test quality assurance and you need for the capital for that. You need to trust the investors. And just many companies fail out of that and then bringing it to mm. market. It's really not that easy in Germany. Yeah? So mm -hmm. um, this, is a, this is, again, another industry, but it's, it's saying it's, it's not easy sometimes mm -hmm. and it requires this ecosystem. And only when the ecosystem is there, then certain changes become also possible. Thanks. Thank you for this answer. That's really enlightening. It's, um, now, now it's a bit, a bit clear for me that when it comes to country level, continent level, planet level changes, it's not only like a bunch of entrepreneurs sitting together in in the garage and thinking about um, a solution. It requires yeah. governmental support. It requires a fund system, a you know venture funds that are specifically designed to fund these kind of projects that may or may not succeed 10 years down the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. And uh, also this knowledge, yeah, um, mm -hmm. is really important. I, one good thing, one good thing about Europe is definitely that we have a high level of competence when it comes to sustainability, um, which and also acceptance and support, actually. This includes on the European level. As well, there is, there are there is funding. Um, there's knowledge how to access that funding, for example. So there are things also available. Don't just just to be clear, um, it, 
And this is also so important for that reason, because that's how we can uh, have an impact. And that's the reason why you ask this question is how confident have I been before tomorrow university and how confident am I now? Um, I, I must admit, I haven't increased my confidence dramatically, I, but on the short term, but I have increased my confidence on the long term. Uh-huh. I, be, I, I believe that in a, that we will fix those things. I really fundamentally believe in the society and that we are able to transform ourselves, to transform our our governments, our um, corporations. Um, but it will need time. And I'm, I have doubts about the short term. And in our short term, I'm talking about, about the climate goals here. Um, <laughs> I'm, I, have, I have doubts that we can reach them Yeah, um, on the short term. Um, just change. Um, if there is not a... And we talk about the climate crisis, but the problem about this talk is that people don't feel it. You know, if there is a tiger in front of you and he roars at you, you are scared, yeah? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And you feel that, yeah? But the climate crisis, oh, climate crisis, it's like a normal word already. Like, ah, oh, there's a climate crisis, yeah? Uh, but it's not like, you're, you're not acting like a crisis. This is what, what is always brought up. But it's also very human because we don't feel it. Yeah, so that's the reason why I think we just need, we will need a little bit. I think we realized it, but the change takes longer than um, eventually necessary. But we will, I'm also confident that this is, we will manage it. And we will deal, we will have problems which make it even more, which give us more energy to work on the problems. Um, so it's not a bad thing. It's something, the bigger the problem becomes, the more effort we will put into also as a society. Yeah, so it's, I think it's a natural thing from that perspective. The more you feel it, the more you will act on it. Yeah? Yes. The better we become in communicating that feeling um, of a future, um, the better we will act on it. I love the movie uh, from Extrapolations from Apple, uh, which they showed, because it gave a little bit of uh, the stories of people how do how they actually will live in the future in ten, twenty, thirty, forty, fifty years? Yeah, it doesn't mean to be mean to become true, but it's really important that you just don't don't document the facts, but they communicate the impacts on individuals and how they behave, how how relationships change eventually. I think it's really interesting uh, from that perspective. Yeah. Um. So yeah. <laughs> so. So uh, in 2010 to 2012, I did a master in sustainable innovation. So um, beautiful in in Sweden, um, and um, we had a we were we were the sister program for another master program called sustainable leadership, and we have a, a lot of this like big round table that everyone would join and talk about challenges that we are facing, and uh, a lot of those conversations got really heated up because everyone well in 2010-2012 a lot earlier um, than now that everyone now think about it like imagine like that time um, so all the folks that joined that program were very passionate about the topics and uh, would come to the conversations and workshops and roundtables really really with a strong convention. And um, so as a result, we had a lot of um, uh, heated conversation, which I enjoyed so much. But what I now am reflecting on is that as an entrepreneur, if you want to work on these like long frame problems, you really need to stay sane and rational and logical and try to solve problems. Yeah. So back to you in those classes, I would, that you are having tomorrow, 
to, uh, in your university, probably you have a lot of these kind of heated conversations and a lot of discussions. How do you keep your students on track? Help, like you know, mm-hmm. um, how do you like sort of like encourage them to sort of like stay on the path and try to uh, basically get the energy, let the energy fuel their movement, but not uh, off track them. So um, tomorrow university, we have a, it's a remote university or online university. You can study from anywhere in the world, which is really exciting because we get an amazing yeah. community. It also allows you to study flexible. So it fits eventually your schedule better, which I think <laughs> we, we all expect from today's services. Yeah. Um, but what is important, it's, it's different. Learning online is different than sitting in a class room mm-hmm. yeah um if you have the same class you have physically and then even online it often gets disengaging um yeah uh, you, you will just fall asleep and it's very hard to concentrate and to listen to that yeah and i think this is the important part uh that you need to think about how do we want to educate uh, people and how do we learn best in, in an online environment um or uh, yeah also maybe in general but it, it's very specific also in this one um, and we have developed or we, we used the, the research about learning and pedagogy actually uh, to build our system and our platform. And we have, we have our own tech team um, to develop our very specific platform to make that possible. And our students, they learn on um, they learn from meaningful stuff. I mentioned that, but they learn also on real world challenges constantly. So every class mm-hmm. you take, they work on problems. And we oh, help fantastic. you to build that knowledge to solve those problems. You apply that knowledge. And at the same time, you give feedback to other students on their progress, reflecting on what you have learned. And that's where mastery comes in. Yeah, so it's not just learning and then applying, but you also master by giving feedback to others and seeing what sticks with you. Yeah, And the, the, the challenges... Um, you could consider them, if you're a little bit familiar with the um, age of technology methodology, they are sprints. They are high-intensity uh-huh. sprints, yeah? Um, so you will join, you have a kickoff, you understand what's the goal, what do you want to achieve. We have very clear milestones. Everything is laid out at the beginning of the program, so you have a high commitment. You commit at the beginning to every of those milestones when you need to achieve what. Um, and then the academic role, um, uh, we bring in the academic role is more the coach. He's the curator of the content. Right. He's the coach and helps you on your journey. We bring in experts from industry to share their experiences on this, in this course discussions. And at the end, there is a capstone. There's a final submission. Um, the final submission is graded. But you get feedback along this whole journey on your competences. So it's a class. You get feedback on your communication skills. You get feedback on your collaboration skills, on your financial modeling, on your technology skills, whatever is the class about. Yeah, um, and with that, you see also growth in, in your competence. And mm-hmm. the students, when they do this kind of challenge, um, it's not that um, that you do five challenges at the same time. You do one. Uh huh. Yeah. You have a full focus on that challenge. Um, uh-huh. You all work together with all students working on the same challenge right now. That's the biggest problem we need to solve right now. And then you you go through it, um, and then you know at the end after the capstone, you completed the challenge and you get ready for the next challenge whenever that is. Um, and this is how mm-hmm. every of those challenges, because that's where collaboration is happening. That's where you have high commitment, high energy. 
and then you can have also a break. It's sometimes also important. And then you try and start the next challenge, yeah? which is, again, maybe a different topic, maybe a different angle, um, mm -hmm. maybe with even different students or maybe with the same students. Um, and you go to the next challenge and again, um, the same, uh, I think, high intense way, which is challenge-based learning, competency-based learning and social learning together um, as, a, as a group from that perspective. And that's also important. We believe Social learning as online learning needs to be social. It needs to be engaging. Yeah, and then we have we have um, learning groups around the world, and we have events where you meet in person eventually, uh -huh. yeah? um, so that you actually not just um, you we do learning online, but we meet in person. Um, we had, as mentioned, the graduation ceremony in Vienna. We had one here with our partner Google, where we did a, an event together, um, which was really exciting, actually. Also includes party for sure, <laughs> you know, social interactions, which matters, yeah, to also express yeah. the feelings uh, eventually about, for example, the topics you should care about. That's lovely. That's really cool. I really love that every course that you take on, there is a challenge that you define early. And in the beginning, and you have to achieve them, address them by the end of it. That's fantastic. So one, one question. I, I mean, you have literally studied, started a university, right? So as every smart entrepreneur, when you want to basically start a new business, you go into your mood board and try to understand the current status, the current standards around the similar solutions in the market do a competitive analysis try to see okay what areas are working good what are areas not working good how, what is my product strategy or business strategy how can i dif differentiate myself from competing offers in the market and what would how what would be that ideal product design right so um so what I would love to get your take on this is when it comes to the conventional education system that has been around for such a long time. So when you were like pondering upon this system, what are, what is it about our education systems that not working? What is it that's working really well? Uh, and how these like early exploration help you to design a better education system as you just now nicely outlined um so i think i don't want to criticize an existing system i say yeah. i think there's, as mentioned you're currently i'm educated by that you're educated by that yes. so i think we it also it has a lot of value i think we are also seeing for example in germany in higher education our universities are leading often in research also great research is coming out of it yeah um we have great individual um, lecturers, which giving amazing, uh, amazing um, lectures and helping people to gain fundamental understanding. Um, what our angle is, and a very important one, is that we need to move away from the sheer knowledge dissemination. Um, uh -huh. We live in a world where we, we have knowledge available. The tools get better by the day, literally. Yeah. Um, and for that reason, for us, this kind of competence-based learning, this competence centricity, is really important. We need to build mm. up competence. Um, where we really become capable of doing things and applying things. Yeah? That's the reason why mm -hmm. I said at the beginning also our formula is the purpose, competence, community. That's how you increase your impact. 
knowledge is a part of building competence, but you need to apply that and you need to also reflect on it with other students. Yeah. Um, and just, just to, to mention this here, in every challenge, every challenge ends with a reflection session, which is a very important part uh-huh. for you to understand and reflect what have you actually learned. Yeah. Um, and share that, discuss this also with the other students. Yeah. So this is one thing, but um, I, I would criticize another thing, which is um, for me personally, I don't want, I want to make, don't want to make it black and white, but it's, um, if you think about, I think what, and I make an analogy here, um, everybody knows Facebook and everybody's a little bit critical of Facebook. Why? Uh, because while it's a great service for you, um, they are selling your data eventually to advertisers. Um, so you become the product. Um, and the customer of Facebook is the advertiser, yeah? And this can be criticized um, if it's done wrong, yeah? Um, now, in our, in, especially in Europe, who's paying for education? Mm. The government. So who is the customer of education? The government. What wants the customer? And I think it sounds like a little bit mm-hmm. uh, a, a, a criti- a, I just want to criticize. It's not, it's, I'm not saying it's wrong, uh, but it's a problem inherently because if you want to create mm-hmm. those soldiers, as a, that's your, your care or interest as a government, then perfectly you design education around this. Yeah? Um, the question as a government, what you want actually uh, from your education. Mm-hmm. You are deciding this because you're the customer, because you're paying. That's the reason by the government, for sure, the ministry also defines the educational plans. Yeah. Um, now, I think the, the, and this is not a bad approach. It's great for education is for free. Yeah? And or often it's for free. You know, very, very inexpensive, very accessible. It's very important, I think. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. But I just want to criticize the customer is not the student. And this is the problem because now it means mm. the learning is not student centric. I um, mean, we live in a society, uh-huh. in a place where now um, we live in a, in a place that we want to um, have self-fulfillment, yeah, which is very important part in the society today mm. is self-fulfillment and having actually um, the possibility to have an impact. Um, and then if this is the case, then the question comes more, how can we become and design an education system which is actually customer-centric, student-centric, but the student is the one we really care most to empower and not the research we do for the government. Not the not the the products the, the students which we are which learn what the government wants, but actually where we think about how can we empower the student to have real impact in his life and have a meaningful life. That's the reason why I mentioned before the competence of self leadership. It's yes. if you are self leadership is a part of university program, is it? I think it needs to be. Um, it's, mm-hmm. it's more a responsibility, I think, of an education provider to not just help you to learn really hard skills, as you like to call them, actually how to manage your life successfully. Yeah? Uh, yes. Again, because I think for us, the customer is the student. We want to serve him as to our best possibilities. Yeah. Um, and I think this kind of, again, this is a systematic topic. Yeah. Um, and and know that there are many people in government who want to make education really for the student, but it's it's a tough thing in a system which has different incentives. That's a very fantastic point, and uh, I think you know, I, I by no means I'm, I'm actually I think I think a free education, public education system is such a luxury yeah. that not so many people have in the world. Now, I come from Iran. I mean, it was a public education system over there as well. But like, you know, just a mere, like just a, a system that offers basic education goes far better than a system that offers none. So that's, that's very given. 
Uh, I think one of one of my uh, feedback on the current education system. I think you you mentioned uh, basically um, the uh, mentioned it really nicely is that the customer is the government, not the student, um, and that sort of if we commit ourselves to this mindset shift that we put the student at the center of the education then we see okay what do they need yeah. to thrive in this complex world so for example one of the examples i can give is that um i didn't know anything about finance personal finance yeah i had to educate myself at the age of 33 yes and i i know it for for exactly when i was like okay i have no idea about i thank god i put them put i didn't put myself into so much debt but like that's something i think it needs to be really really early on uh included in um a school curriculum yeah friendship yeah <laughs> no it's so crucial for pe for for young folks, for my kid, for your kid, to learn about friendship, how to establish good connection, how to uh, establish long-lasting friendship. Yeah, uh, exactly. I think this is the important part. Is the question, or it's it's a, it's a, and this is a constant, I think, evolution to understand how can we help people. That it, there's not a single answer. Yeah. I think there are different competences. We have different views about what matters, but it matters also what's the view of the learner himself. Yeah. Um, and yes, we also in constant. I mentioned to you, which we ask students about what is actually their goals. We are also talking to corporate partners mm -hmm. and uh, politicians even about what they think is relevant. Yeah. Um, so for us, this is a very big um, uh, topic, actually. What are those future skills? What do people need? What do you need? Yeah. Um, and we, we're trying to also create not more or less an organism on make the, how to make this in the best possible way. Maybe. Love. Lo no, please. Please. Please, please, please. No, I just want to say, and I think another, the, the danger or the threat uh, about uh, private education is always that it's it's just commercial. Um, so you study degrees, uh, but you don't learn anything, and that's I think that's the the other side of the of the of the danger, the threat. Yeah? Um, and yeah. I think it's a real it's a real thing. It's a, it's, it's a real problem. You should not. Um, it's like for health. It's really complicated. Yeah. Um, you should not just commercialize things to the extreme and get the most money out of it, but it needs to fulfill. And what I mentioned before, what we are all about is a sustainable business model. And I mentioned to you for that reason also that we have this kind of impact investors who are not just looking out for profits. We even set up our company structure in a way yeah. that we have a, our university is actually a nonprofit, uh, which is focused on education and has, um, uh, um, a legal setting uh, which is a very clear mission statement and and, and um, integrated educational um, um, setting yeah so that we are actually have a have a full commitment on educational quality and that we not because it's not what how we it's not our goal it's our goal to, not our goal to sell certificates our goal is to empower you yeah um, the certificates are just one way to give you more credibility yeah. um with uh, companies that they see, ah, great, it's tomorrow. Um, he's had a Bachelor of Science there. He's a change maker. He will be able to solve those problems. That's what the credential is for. But it's not 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 a purpose in itself besides giving you credibility. So what we want to sell is the education um, and the empowerment, not the, the 
the credential itself. And this is very important, I think, when we talk about education, that there comes a different responsibility and not just maximizing your profit. It's really taking this responsibility, integrating this into organizations so that they can serve actually students. Yeah. Thanks a lot. That's very enlightening. You just already gave me a goosebump. Uh, just to summarize what I heard is that uh, the future education system must be designed around delivering impact. Yeah. Right? And um, that's why I think, in my opinion, public education is at a better position to offer impact-driven education than private ones. There are, of course, in Europe, sort of like a private like a non non public entity, but I think I think to your point is that when you think about privatizing education, there might be risk of going after profit rather than exactly. creating impact. Exactly, and this is something where mm. again you need to know how to build companies in a way that that you ensure that it's not just for profit, but actually that you create this value, service the students well, help them in their, on their journey and have this impact. And it's, it's never like, uh, again, there is like a pendulum, you know, you, you never get, you, you should not be in the left or right center. You should think about very carefully how to optimize that. And it's a constant process, I think, as well, how to optimize that. Um, but it's, it should be the same thing for governments. They should focus on the student, yeah? And that's the key part of the question is how can we incentivize events to do this, yeah? Giving you a very simple solution, now that's not the, 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 the real solution, but you could just can give you the money to give it then to your university. And then instantly, the universities would think differently. Yeah, that just, would create competition it, for sure. It would just mm. th- make things different. If you give you a voucher, you need to spend it on education, but you give it, decide it how you spend it. And because now all of a sudden you're the customer, this 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 change this changed the the university's structure instantly. I think. Yeah, I'm not saying this is the solution. Um, I just want to bring up that the student centricity, focusing on empowering the students, is really the key. The key what we need to do um, to, and in, in my way, accelerate transition to a sustainable society. Um, and really building this in uh, into our future organizations, um, literally in Germany and then across the world. Thank you, Christian. You are a beacon of hope. It's, it's been such an enlightening conversation. Uh, I would like to sort of like end this conversation with you face to face with all the entrepreneurs and future entrepreneurs who are listening to this podcast. Any last words for them? Um, thank you very much uh, for having the opportunity. And uh, please. Join, come check out the Tomorrow community. We are here to serve. Yeah, um, Join us and we will help you. Thanks a lot. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to this episode. For more information, go to bonanza-studios.com.